Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Liftoff will start in T-minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Will, a.k.a. Bias Houston, king of Rockets Twitter. This is Chucky Brown, former professional NBA basketball player for the 1995 NBA champion Houston Rockets. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. What's up, Rockets fans? This is Hollywood Don Knock, host of the Launchpad podcast and the legendary Rockets Twitter spaces. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Ah. Four, three, two, one. We have ignition. And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast, The Dream Shakes and Step Backs, and everything Houston Rockets, presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to Fansite. It's Houston Rockets' website, SpaceCityScoop.com. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. On a soaking Monday over here, very, very wet, very... You know, inches of rain coming down. I just wanted to check in on you, brother, because I know you had just stated that you had just gotten out of work. How's everything been? Oh, it's been good. Um, you know, I just came from a happy hour educational event for my job. It was uh, sponsored by Stellum Bourbon. So shout out to them for taking care of us. It was awesome. We got to learn about some good stuff about their bourbon and their rye whiskey. So, you know, it was fun. Good snackage. You know, it just was unfortunate leaving this uh, bar and the roads were a little flooded, but, you know, I was able to figure it out and get navigating my way back safely. So it's all good. I had to make myself a drink, you know, because of the stress of the drive. But wasn't the drive like 10 minutes away? You're making it sound like less, it was like a crazy. Le- less than it was like seven. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this guy, the high stress of saying, oh, it was a high stress. So I need to have another drink. Pour you know, the city, out. the city of Houston is just, uh, you know, it is it is just a maze <laughs> of, you know, incredulous turns. <laughs> well, you know, what? it's very funny. We we have a uh, it's not just the two of us. All. We have a very special guest that he is literally playing the cry me over a river on a violin right here. I just want to introduce him one time because this episode is about to be absolutely big time. Once again, I am known for the intros and i want to be able to introduce this guy properly 
Here we go. He was the former PA announcer for the San Antonio Spurs from 2013 to 2018, but is now currently the PA announcer for our Houston Rockets. For the first time ever, we are honored to bring onto our show for the very first time, Jonathan Sanford at the summit. How are you doing, Jonathan? How are you doing today? I guess the interview is over because I can't. I, there's no way I can top that introduction, man. Thank you for that. <laughs> we I have to i have to you know so many people it's gotten to the point now where and i know you're on the spaces on twitter and i when we first got will uh bias houston on he was anticipating he was like i need it he's like i'm anticipating the intro and i was like oh man now i really i have to i have to home i have to, yeah, hit a to home deliver run every possession right. now right i mean you understand that when you get on that microphone and you do that intro you've got to <laughs> deliver and you did good job man I appreciate that. And that means so much coming from you, Mr. You know, your, your call outs. We've been to so many games this season, myself and my brother. I think we've, we were easily in the double digits. So we were able to hear all of your calls and, and fun, fun fact here. We were uh, GM. We were at six of the wins. We had 20 uh, wins total the season. I think we were at six, five or six of the home wins. So we got to hear you literally call it, you know, if if you want to, you know, give it to the people one time. Rock. Well, generally we go, Rocky. You know, we try to hold that up as long as possible. <laughs> and then, of course, you have the echo after, right? Win, win, win. Right. That's so That's cool. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, we I love up, it. What, you got to love it. Eleven home wins, and didn't we? Didn't we have one in the preseason as well? So, if I'm remembering correctly, twelve total and. Uh, just getting started here, I'll, I'll be honest with you. One of my goals this season was uh, I wanted to see us win more home games, if at all possible, and th than away games. Because, you know, you, you have to control that environment inside the arena. You have to give your team the best home uh, advantage possible. So it, it meant a lot to me personally at the end of the year to look back and go, okay, we, we had those 11 wins at home this season. And each one of them, they especially a few of them just had some pretty intense memories attached mm -hmm. to them. I mean, the first thing I think of easily is that, uh, that LA, that Laker overtime win that we were able to get to them and mm -hmm. that, and we were at that game as well. So just, I guess just getting to hear your calls live for the first time, you know, it being your rookie year, you know, you're right along Jalen green and, and operating Shane yeah. Goon and the rest of them. This was your rookie year here anyways. I mean, you're a vet in the game, but this year was your rookie year. You know, what was interesting to me, guys, is that there were so many new people within the Rockets organization this year. There were myself, Ryan Hollins, uh, so many others, including our, our great rookie class that came into this organization this year and did such a fantastic job. So for me, it just really felt like a growing experience that we were all able to do together. Whereas if I come in and I'm the new guy and I'm the rookie and everybody else is a long-term vet, it, it feels a little bit different. So this was a neat experience for me in coming in brand new to the Rockets organization and getting to meet so many new people and, and also being able to turn to other people and say, how are you feeling about this? Because this is new to you as well. So Overall, just a blessing to see all the, the youth inside the organization this year. 
Absolutely. It's going to be very incredible as the years kind of roll on. And like you said, this is just in its infancy. Like we're just getting started. We can't wait to see what's going to be happening, obviously, this offseason and the draft and stuff like that. But I want to rewind the clock with you right now. Uh, I just want to get to know your history. You know, I want to know, we want to know your story, uh, you, how you became a sports fan and what led you to become a PA announcer and ultimately what led you to becoming the new voice of the Toyota Center. So we'd love to hear it. All right. Well, just uh, buckle in and hold on. I'll try to give you the, the quickest but most uh, entertaining version <laughs> <I'm> possible. <in. laughs> all right. First of all, I grew up in Alabama. And if you know anything about the state of Alabama, there are no professional sports teams within the state of Alabama. Uh, now they have a USFL team, the uh, Birmingham Stallions, who took on the Houston Gamblers the other day. I don't know if y'all watched that, but I uh, actually, actually didn't have anything to do on Saturday, so I didn't watch the game. <laughs> I may have right, been right. the only person. I may have been the only person. I don't know. But, um, no, I uh, was an Alabama fan growing up. Uh, Alabama football, Alabama basketball, baseball, all things at Alabama, University of Alabama athletics. Um, if you remember, there was a legendary Hall of Fame, I believe, player who played at the University of Alabama for basketball. His name was mm-hmm. Robert Ory. Oh, yeah. And remember, I had, the, <laughs> I had the fortunate opportunity to get to watch him in college. Had an opportunity to meet him a couple of times uh, while he was in college and just was fascinated by him. Now, having this understanding that I I just love sports from the time I was born until today, there's never been a part of my life that hasn't had a passion for sports, whether it is football, basketball, baseball, softball, even NASCAR racing, people think, oh, you must be a redneck. Well, I guess if, if watching racing, Formula One or NASCAR or, or a local dirt track makes me a redneck, then I, I guess, okay, whatever. But uh, I just like all forms of sports. And I remember as a kid getting on my bicycle and biking through the neighborhood, and I would be doing commentary as if I were Uh, in some type of race. So it started pretty early with me, maybe seven or eight years old, kind of this dream of of reproducing what I was hearing on the TV. But it was not until I was a teenager and had the opportunity to watch a Chicago Bulls basketball game and hear the famed Ray Clay inside of that arena getting – all of those fans for the Chicago Bulls in the playoffs into those intros. And if you remember, they played the uh, song Serious and the intros yes. were incredible. Ray Clay just became a, it just sucked me in. It just grabbed my heart and said, this is what I want to do. I had thought about radio and TV and, and those are great. And, and, and I've done both. But there was just something about the intimacy of being behind a microphone in an arena or a stadium and hearing that real-time feedback from the fans that really caught my attention. I had the opportunity to do some of it in high school. Then when I went off to college, having that opportunity to do so as well, I married a Texan. And as I say, I got here as quick as I could, right? We moved to the... uh, Wow, thunder going on in the background. Um, <laughs> moved to Texas uh, in 2003. 
Okay. After marrying my wife. And she grew up in Austin, Texas, but we settled here in the Houston area. And I was announcing, if you are familiar with the east side of Houston, there is the Channel View area of Houston. Are you guys familiar with that area? Yep. All yep. Right. Channel View. Yep. So when I went to work there as a minister with the church there in Channel View, Texas, I went over to the high school and met the uh, head coach, uh, who is actually the father of Jalen Hurts. If you remember Jalen Hurts, who plays in the NFL, uh, mm-hmm. played for the University of Alabama. I went to his father and asked, hey, do you have an announcer here for your high school football or basketball, whatever? He says, no, I don't believe we do. Would you be interested? And so I got my start in Houston and announcing back in 2004. And it was kind of funny. I'd be announcing and somebody would walk up, why aren't you announcing for the Houston Texans? Or why aren't you announcing for uh, the Astros or the Houston Rockets? And I would just always say, I really... Uh, it would be a passion of mine. It's been a passion of mine since I was a little child, but I really just don't know how to get my foot in the door in those in those avenues. So I just kept doing what I do and and at high school athletics, and then um, did that all over the the city of Houston. We ended up moving to Austin in 2011. My mm-hmm. wife had got a great job offer in the Austin area. She is a uh, a music educator and a music performer. She plays the oboe professionally and is in some of the symphonies here in the Houston area. Oh, fantastic. So we moved there. I didn't have uh, an opportunity, a job lined up when we made the move. I just, by faith, hoped that a door would be open, right? Well, we get there. And in 2012, I had spoken to the folks there with Austin Independent School District about getting involved in announcing for their high school athletics. Well, they didn't have an opening, but this was like in the the early spring of 2012. They asked me to come down and fill out all the paperwork and do all of that. I did that, turned it in and, and left my information. I went home that day and the phone rang. It was about 4.30 that evening. And this gentleman on the other line said, uh, Mr. Johnson, I'm one of the coaches, ADs here at Austin Independent School District. We're hosting an area track meet up at one of the fields in in North Austin. And our announcer has gotten sick. By any chance, would you be able to spur, come up and announce this track meet? I was like, well, yeah, let me grab my uh, father-in-law. He'll be my spotter and we'll head that way. So we did that that night. And I walked down the stands there to the uh, track level where they were all getting ready to leave. And he said, uh, I got to tell you, he said, you have the best voice that I've ever heard. And he said, I'm going to go back and tell the other ADs that we need to bring you on on staff as an announcer with us immediately. Well, I just kind of thought, you know, somebody says something nice like that. You kind of thank you. But you don't expect them to do that, right? You, you don't expect them to go home right then. But, I mean, he was true to his word. He went home that night and, and called the other ADs. And the next thing I know, I was signed up to do the area playoffs for baseball and softball. Well, wow. I was doing an area playoff game for softball. And we were playing against Dripping Springs was the opposing team. And it just so happened that evening that the principal at Dripping Springs High School 
was the wife of the head of the UIL at that time, Dr. Mark Cousins. Hmm. And I'm announcing that game and she picks up the phone and calls her husband and holds it up and says, you need to hear this guy. We need him announcing our, our state championships for, for girls softball. I didn't know this was going on. <laughs> and the next thing I know, the next day I get a phone call and they ask, could the UIL have my information? I said, sure. Uh, so I got a call from Dr. Mark Cousins. Next thing you know, I'm doing the state championships for high school softball at Red and Charlie McCombs Field uh, there in Austin, Texas. And this guy walks in the room and he is going to be, there were two of us that were going to announce the tournament. I was going to do the mornings. He was going to do the evenings. He walks in to change the shifts and everybody is congratulating him for becoming the new voice of the San Antonio Spurs. And, you know, I, I just kind of looked over my shoulder and saw this guy. His name was Barry Tom. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, man, congratulations. That's been something I've been dreaming of since I, I was a little kid. I said, I've always wanted to be an NBA P announcer. And um, so I congratulated him, went about my business. Uh, about a month and a half later, two months maybe, I got a, an opportunity to announce a world championships. You may not know this, but American style football actually has a world championship for 18 and under. Mm -hmm. And I was announcing that particular world championship at Austin. And the guy that they brought in to be the game director was a guy by the name of Mike Plummer. So we met, I asked him, I said, what do you do? He said, Oh, well, I am the, one of the game operations managers for the San Antonio Spurs. And I was like, wow, man, um, I just met your new uh, public address announcer the other day. And I said, uh, congratulations. I'm excited for him. And he goes, well, that job hasn't uh, been uh, completely filled yet. And I was like, really? Oh, OK, well, I, maybe I misunderstood something. And so I just went about my business. And that day we got done announcing the first day. He came to me the next morning. And he said, Jonathan, I want you to do me a favor. And I'm thinking he wants me to change something about, you know, what I'm announcing. But he said, uh, I want you to go online today. And I want you to fill out the application to become the Spurs public address announcer. Whoa. I'm like, uh, um, okay, you think so? He goes, yeah, do it. Do it today. I went home that night and I pulled up the information on their website and it said you had to have three to five years NBA announcing experience. I had this much. <laughs> With right. like high, school, high school experience. And yeah. And, and so <laughs> I go back the next morning. He said, did you fill out that application? I said, no, Mike. I said, brother, it says I have to have three to five years NBA experience. He said, I don't care. He said, you do it anyway. Fill out that application. So I went back home that day. I filled out the application. Well, I didn't notice at the bottom, it asked you to submit a demo. Okay, you just said it. When you're announcing high school athletics, you don't have a great demo. I'm just going to be honest with you, right? Out of your hands, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I didn't do it. I just I submitted the application without the demo. It's just like, you know, um. I mentioned it to my wife and my wife is like, you, you need to submit a demo. I was like, babe, I don't have anything that's fitting to send to an NBA team. I mean, come on. Profe yeah. Professional. Cause you're thinking super professional, right? 
Yeah, I don't want to submit something and go, well, he sounds like trash. And first impressions are so important, right? Of course. And the day of the deadline came to submit the demo. And my wife is just, I mean, she is. And, and listen, when mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. You guys, I don't know if you're married, but when you're married, you'll learn that, that lesson. Oh, yeah. She comes in and she <laughs> said, did you submit that demo? I said, no. She said, Jonathan, if you don't get in there and send that demo, whatever you send, she goes, you're going to regret it. So I was like, okay. Um, I go back into my studio and I take and I put up a video on a screen of an NBA game, a San Antonio Spurs playoff game from, I think, 2009. And I recorded myself as if I were the Spurs announcer doing the intros to the game. I put a music track to the back of it. And I recorded myself doing the pregame intros just like I was the public address announcer, right? I did all that. I submitted it. And I just said, I did what was asked of me. And I'm just going to wipe it from my mind, right? Um, A month goes by and I get a phone call about 8 o'clock in the morning. And this guy by the name of Evan Maxwell says, hey, we just want you to know we played your demo for some of our executives here in the organization, and it's a game changer. And we want you to come down and meet with us. And long story short, I ended up being sent to Austin in 2012 to be the voice of the Austin Toros, the developmental league team at that time. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, was moved into the role of the Spurs announcer, as you mentioned, in 2013. So uh, what a, I mean, there's so much more I left out there, but just I tried to give you the shortest version I could because it's it was a roller coaster. I, I think that's, I think it's so insane. Like just this, the story of kind of like how you started and like, it's always been a dream, but it doesn't, it didn't seem like something of like that. Oh, like it's, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, yeah. I, I can do it if it's if it's called upon me, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like no matter what you tried to do, it's like it just it was meant to happen. Like that voice was meant to be heard by thousands upon thousands of people, you know, whether it's in the state of San Antonio or, in, or I mean, city of San Antonio, or the city of Houston, like your voice was meant to be heard from the sounds of it. You know, I, I you're so right. And I, I remember being in an empty gymnasium before a high school game, there was nobody in there. And I was doing some work on their sound system. And I was just kind of pretending like I was the voice of an NBA franchise. And I was actually pretending to announce Kobe Bryant. Mm. And it was, it, it all came full circle with me when, you know, here I am, during his retirement season, getting to do a, a tribute announcement for him that just, it, it blew my mind to think that I was actually doing that uh, from going from that little arena, that little gymnasium mm-hmm. into an NBA arena, getting to be part of something as special as Kobe Bryant's retirement like that, that still to this day just seems so surreal to me. That's a beautiful moment. Beautiful moment. Absolutely. Yeah, just to be tops like uh, tops and probably one of probably one of your, has to be one of your favorite personal moments, right? Yeah, in terms top, of your career. top five. Yeah, top five easily. You know, winning an NBA championship certainly is is still always going to be number one. I mean, <laughs> of course, that's what. But that's what I'm looking forward to here in Houston. I 
I just have this this gut feeling that that's that's where we're headed. I, I have that gut feeling within me that it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but together one day that uh, Larry is going to come home to Houston again. And if you know who Larry is, you know what I'm speaking. Of. <laughs> oh, cool. I, I, we, this is a Rockets podcast. This is a basketball podcast. If you're listening to us, you better know the Larry. If who Larry is, O'Brien. of course, the Larry mm-hmm. O'Brien trophy. We got You got to know if, if they're listening to the wrong podcast, if they don't know, obviously. But, <laughs> but amazing story. And that's the one thing we love about just having this this platform is is so many we've had so many different people on from from either you know former nba players to you know we, we've had craig ackerman on and and now we're getting you on getting your story and it's just really cool kind of getting to hear it like from the from the root the grassroots of it and how to, to get to where you are uh through san antonio and ultimately to get you to where you are now and i do want to move forward on that but before i do i do want to give a quick ad break right here i, I the quickest ad break possible but we're just going to give one ad from one of our awesome sponsors give us one moment we're going to continue on with jonathan's story uh right after this something you probably do know progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto they offer you round the clock protection Something you probably don't know? The average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know? Your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know? A runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Summit State of Mind presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. I'm joined by the GM, my brother, Justin, of course, and we're joined by very special guest, PA announcer for the Houston Rockets, Jonathan Sanford. Jonathan, we, we left off. By the time we got off the story, we left off uh, right at, you know, when you got the San Antonio gig. Um, let's continue on with your story when you, when you, I guess, like getting off ultimately what led you out of San Antonio and then what ultimately led you to becoming the Houston Rockets PA announcer. All right. Well, you know, let me say this. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs fans and organization were just tremendously uh very loving and very supportive the entire time I was there. In 2016, my wife was diagnosed with stage 3B uh, cancer, squamous cell carcinoma, oh, wow. but an internal version, which is fairly rare. And she began that battle in November of 2016. I continued on that season with the Spurs, 2016-2017 season that um, 2017, 2018, but in 2018, uh, her specialist had decided to join the research and development group here with our uh, cancer center here in Houston and MD Anderson, which is the top notch place, uh, in our opinion to be, if you're fighting cancer. So we were faced with the choice of either driving from the Austin area all the way to, to Houston every time we need to see the doctor or making the move here to Houston. So in 2018, I informed the Spurs that I would be stepping down at the end of that season and making the move here to Houston to allow my wife to be uh, 
continue her uh, follow-ups and cancer treatments, everything that goes along with that. So I took a ministry opportunity here in the Houston area. We made the move, which, man, it was painful to walk away from your, your childhood passion. It, it really, I remember the opening day of 20, the 2018 season, 2018, 2019, um, it, it was tough knowing that I wasn't going to be a part of the NBA season that year. Um, but I just, I focused on the fact that I felt like I'd done the right thing for my wife and for my family. And that, you know, uh, if you know me, I, I'm, I'm a believer in God so that God was going to provide some way. Right. So I am too. Absolutely. Eight, uh, 18, 19, 19, 20, wow, COVID hit in 20, right. And just upset everybody. Uh, 2021 last summer. Uh, I got COVID actually the last day of July, 2021. I'd been fully vaccinated, but I, I had um, what they call the breakthrough case. And I really, it, it was pretty hard on me, quite honestly. Like I thought I would breeze right through it, but I, I did not have as easy of a battle as I, as I thought I would. Right, but right. my phone, uh, I got a message uh, in August of 2021 from legendary uh, public address announcer and now full-time radio for the Houston Rockets, Matt Thomas. And Matt and I had known each other uh, through my time in San Antonio. Whenever they would visit San Antonio, uh, always got along well with him and uh, highly respected Matt is. And so uh, Matt reached out to me and said, uh, listen, I'm going to be stepping away from the PA spot uh, this year and moving uh, to radio and the Houston Rockets would like to hear you. Well, you've got to understand in my mind, I always felt like there's no way that the Houston Rockets fans or organization would ever have anything to do with me because I had been the Spurs public address announcer. See, I grew up in Alabama. And Alabama and Auburn people, they hate each other. There's no way the this Alabama announcer could never go to Auburn, right? It just wouldn't never, it would never work. So in my mind, I thought, well, they're just looking for a backup. It's COVID, you, you know, sometimes people get sick and you got to have a backup. But at that time, I was sick with COVID and I said, Matt, I apologize because they were wanting to hear me like right then. And I said, I apologize, but. I just don't want to get anybody sick. I don't want to risk taking this down there and getting somebody else sick. So I just thought, well, it wasn't the right time, you know, um, wasn't the right timing. And uh, I was, you know, saddened by it, but I thought, you know, uh, God had a reason, right? August goes by, September begins. And uh, I can't remember the exact date, but early in September, Matt reached out again and Matt said, Jonathan, they would really like to hear from you. And I said, okay, um, give them my information and uh, let them get in touch with me. And he did. And they asked me to come down. And it was the most surreal experience of my entire life. I remember walking inside the Toyota Center. Folks, I've been there many times over the years. Right, right. But going through that tunnel that I knew so many legendary players had, had walked through there inside Toyota Center. And walking in there, and I, when I walked in, they had the 360 scoreboard 
lowered all the way down to the floor. Oh, wow. And the lights were down and they had a table set out for me with the microphone. And what they did was they took a, and this, you remember what I told you about how I did the Spurs recording that intro and all that? Like, yeah, yeah. They had me announce a Houston Rockets game with it on that on that 360 scoreboard. Oh wow! Wow, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So it's and, lowered, so lowered, so it's eye level. Yeah, it's, it's, it's eye level. Oh, I mean, right wow. within within maybe twenty feet from me, right? Wow. And if you've ever and that's it for these guys that during the pandemic have had to announce uh, like Craig has had to announce games in front of a TV screen, the way they've done, it's a challenge when you have never done that before. But yeah. I, I, man, I, I, I nailed it. Like I, I felt like I did the best job I could possibly do. I went in there loose. Like, I, because remember, I thought they're just looking for a backup. Mm-hmm. I'm figuring that, They've already got their guy because, I mean, we're only a few weeks from the beginning of the preseason, maybe two weeks from the beginning of the preseason. And I'm thinking they've already got their guy. They just need to solidify a backup. So I go in there loose as a goose, and I'm just going to give it have fun. This is like reliving something for me that has been so passionate for me. So I just go in there and give it my all and, and like, thank you and, and make my way home. And <laughs> so um, <laughs> when they called me up, and said, uh, you're the guy. I said, well, that's pretty big because I didn't expect that. Um, and I didn't have an answer. You know, they asked me, "Are you? can you accept it right this moment? And uh, this was on a Friday night. I was actually announcing my daughter's homecoming football game. She's in the band at Clearbrook High School, and they had their homecoming game. This is their senior year, and I'm announcing that game when the phone rings. And and I, I answer it. I'm like, I didn't recognize the number, but I thought it could have been somebody from the stadium staff uh, with the football game. But I answered it, and it was the Rockets. And I said, can you just give me a day or two to talk it over with my family and also the church where I'm involved? And they said, sure. Well, what time do you need? I said, Monday. Talked over my family. Of course, my kids are jumping up and down. So happy <laughs> because they've missed it so much. And my wife was like, absolutely. So I talked to my church family. They were elated, gave me their blessing, and then uh, talked to them that next week and officially became the brand-new voice of the Houston Rockets inside Toyota Center. And I'll put it to you this way. I used to believe that a lot of things in life came about based on who you know. Mm -hmm. And people have always said it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. But I learned not only in the situation with the Spurs, but especially here with the Houston Rockets, it's not about who you know. It's about who's willing to say they know you. And Mm. the fact that Matt Thomas was willing to say he knew me, um, I could not say thank you enough to Matt and to all the folks inside the Rockets organization and all of you as fans who have made me feel like I've been a part of this organization my entire life. And it just has blown me away, the reception this year. I mean, it's been nothing less than like incredible as Rockets fans. And I, we, I remember vividly, I think it was like, when, so when did they announce, when they announced it officially to the public? I feel like, was it September, October? 
2020? It was September because September, we, we, right? Okay. Yeah, because we had the the first preseason game was like one of the last days in September, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So Ryan Ryan Hollins and I were both hired like a week before the preseason. Preseason. Mm, yeah. I, I, we heard that I remember week. going to an open, like an open scrimmage, right? And we welcomed, I think, some fans. And yeah, there were fans in the arena. It was a free event. And that was the first time he and I had ever met. And we were like, hey, when did you come on board? Hey, when did you come on? Oh, really? The same time? Wow. Um, <laughs> That's so, so cool. yeah, it was a whirlwind. Yeah, because it's funny that you said that too, because we, I saw the article as a drop because we knew or we knew that Matt Thomas was going to was going to peel back and go to to radio uh, full time. So I was always curious, like, OK, who's going to take over? You know, I'm, I just want to know. So I remember it popped up on Twitter as like who the new PA announcer was. And I didn't really recognize Jonathan Sanford out the gate. Like yeah. I kind of did, kind of did. But I wasn't sure. So I would click on the article and then all I see is san antonio pa and i was oh just, no and then, and then i was just like <laughs> and i was just like wait hold oh. up. i was like wait hold up wait a minute but the funny thing is is you you gosh you you dropped this thing on twitter uh about it was it was during i think one of the playoff games and you were like were honestly one of my you one of your favorite experiences i think you had tweeted you had retweeted it like one of your favorite experiences so i got to listen to you and i listened to you and it was so high i know it might not have been playoffs maybe like the opening maybe the opening night of one of the san antonio seasons and right it was so good like so high like i was like man here i am i'm getting hyped over the san antonio spurs what is this yeah because like i just heard your voice and it just took over like it encapsulated everything like i was like whoa like oh my gosh why am i psyched to see Tony Parker take the floor. What is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd rather be psyched about watching t- or listening to Tony Parker than anything about the city of Dallas. So, you know, I understand that there's the rival thing, but San Antonio is respectable in my book. They're a good franchise. Yeah, they, they've earned uh, it. When yeah, it comes to cities, it's like everybody against Dallas. <laughs> All right, I'll give you. I'll give you a brief little bit of history, okay? <laughs> Go ahead. So I was first a, first a Houston Rockets fan when Robert mm-hmm. Ory played for the Houston Rockets, right? Um, And then, of course, when he played for L.A., I enjoyed watching him in L.A. I actually got to see him in 2002, if you remember the series, the Lakers and the Kings series. Yes, the The game-winning three. (laughs) Yes, I was there for that game. Uh, And so when he went to San Antonio, I – I just got to be honest, I wasn't a Spurs fan. In fact, when they interviewed me for the Spurs PA job, I, they asked me, are you a fan of the Spurs? And I had to say no, um, because I couldn't lie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I tried <laughs> to be political about it. And, I, and truthfully, I said, hey, if I'm a part of this organization, I'll be the most loyal person that I you know, can possibly be, which I was. I I gave everything I had for that team and for those players and and for those fans. But yeah, it, it's interesting. It's come full circle because I was a Rockets fan before a Spurs fan or, or anything else, quite honestly. That's I love it. No, love to hear it. <laughs> no, as Rockets fans, we're very happy to hear that. Very happy no. to hear that. Very awkward yeah. for San Antonio, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I understand when you uh, speak of Robert Ori. Um, I, I've told this story before on another episode, but you know, I met Robert Ori one time during the um, 
was it the 2018 playoffs? I was working at Whole Foods at the time. And he just, he came in and I served him his coffee, but he actually ordered a smoothie. Um, but he knew that I was a fan. I told him like, Hey, you're Robert Ori, correct? He was like, yeah. And I told him, I was like, Hey man, I grew up with you. Like I've been a Rockets fan all my life. And thank you for everything you gave us for those championships, man. I was just a kid. I was so young, but those experiences still live with me, you know? And I told him, I was like, Hey, so I just appreciate you for what you did. So I was always a big fan. And then later on, like he had waited like five minutes. I gave him his drink and I was just like, Hey dude, like, are you good? Anything else? He's like, no, man. He's like, I'm wait till you're done. Let's take a picture together. And I was like, Whoa, I didn't even, I didn't ask him. He offered it to me. So, I mean, that, shows how wonderful of a human being he is and how much his time was willing to give because he had told me that he was flying to LA that afternoon. So, you know, he didn't have to give me those five to 10 minutes to talk and get to know me, but that's something that'll always stand out to me. And that's one of the reasons why he'll always be one of my favorite players, even as a kid loved him, but that kind of just launched him to another stratosphere. You know, you don't mean to meet, you don't meet many athletes that are willing to take that time. So I'm always appreciative and I will always respect him so much for that. Yeah. You know, he grew up in Andalusia, Alabama, which is a very small town in Alabama. And one thing I'll say about him, no matter what success he has had in the NBA, he's never lost that sense of home. He's never lost that sense of, of, sometimes what we call Southern hospitality mm-hmm. is just a, a manner uh, that, that he has with people that he, he certainly expressed that with you. And, and I think that's not a rare situation with him. I think that's pretty much who he is and why so many people really appreciate him. Unbelievable. Unreal. But um, John, let's, let's move on. You know, your story was amazing. It was beautiful. Love to hear it. Like, we're just so happy Thanks, that guys. you're a part of the Rockets family, you know, and since you had the best seat in the house, basically courtside, being able to announce the likes of a Jalen Green, Alperin Shingoon, like um, in your eyes, you got to watch to see them grow. So my question for you is, what was your overall opinion on the season? So any anybody who's involved in the NBA season, obviously, is going to set expectations at the beginning of the season. But it's so hard when there is so much youth and so many new faces and so much unknown about what you're going to see as a product on the floor. Yeah. I decided before the season got underway that I wasn't going to judge the product by the win-loss record. And I know that may not be something that a lot of fans really can do. But when you've been on the inside and you've experienced what I have over the years, you can see it from a different perspective. So for me, I judge this season based off the product being the progression that I saw out of guys throughout the season. Yes. Was it frustrating at times to lose a few games here or there? Absolutely. I mean, if we're being honest, anybody is going to feel that way. And certainly the players If they're speaking to you, they're going to tell you losing in any fashion is never easy. But when I watched guys this year go through their development and progress the way that they did throughout the season, it, to me, success is not even a strong enough word to describe how I felt about it at the end of that game on Sunday 
just a few weeks ago, watching a guy like Josh Christopher, who was really not expected by anybody to develop the way that he did throughout the Mm -hmm. season, develop the way he did, get himself out of the G League and be be a part of the rotation and getting a, a nice number of minutes and being able to show the potential that he is uh, certainly going to continue to develop upon. Guys like him, as you mentioned, Alperen Shingun, Jalen Green, uh, those three alone just, it left me with a satisfied feeling after watching the way they developed throughout the season. I love the way you say that because – you know, a lot of people see this team and see it as, you know, like we're the worst team in the league, which is true um, by win-loss record. But, you know, there's so much turnover that has occurred since, you know, 2019, 2020, when we had Westbrook and Harden, then going from Harden to John Wall and everything that's happened since. Um, it's just crazy to, to see the growth from the beginning of the season to what happened a few weeks ago. So, you know, I think it's wonderful. Like I completely agree with you and I understand like, even though you you guys, you guys were in the arena. Mm -hmm. And so that even gives you a better perspective than the folks who didn't have the opportunity to be in the arena or chose not to be in the arena. When Mm -hmm. you're there in person and you see these guys, not only on the court, but watching them when they're on the bench and when they're in those huddles. (laughs) Yep you can see why they developed the way they did. There was an intensity and a hunger. And there were times that I walked out of that arena and was passed in the hallway by Josh to go back out and shoot. Okay. Think about that. You've played a game, an NBA game, and I've announced an NBA game. I'm leaving to go home. And he's walking out. Does Josh Christopher come out and shoot? He wasn't the only one that did that. That tells you the dedication that these guys have about honing their craft and being the best NBA player they can possibly be. And if they continue with that hunger and that drive, guys, I'm telling you, the sky is the limit for them individually and for this team collectively. And so I, again, complete success. <laughs> I think like Josh, someone like a Josh Christopher, when you say that he was not even, and I remember the preseason scouting report on him. We, no one was like, everyone's saying, okay, in and out of the rotation, G league, most of the season, you'll probably come out towards the tail end of the season. Uh, if players get shut down. So the fact that he, he, I said this in past episodes too, that he forced the hand of Silas just because of the fact that through his hard work, he just kind of fully entrenched himself into the lineup. And, and I love that you spotlighted him because typically as, as always, Jalen Green's going to get the rub as he should, the number two overall pick future cornerstone of the franchise. Absolutely. And Alperin Shangoon with, with dimes for days and all the (laughs) crazy passes that he does with the swagger attached to it. Like it's in, it's incredible to see, uh, especially to watch him live, but you're right. It's, it's moments like that to get some, watch them in the huddle or moments in the cameras, just not on them or it's like zoned in on a player but then you know you have another player on the background that's doing something but the camera isn't catching it we felt it like it, it wasn't unfortunate like when the when we go to games and the house was never packed because we go me and the gm we went during the the peak of the hardened days with chris paul when chris paul was on the team especially and we got to experience it when the house was packed and obviously that you know toyota center wasn't 
as packed this time around but it's it's so funny it's like even this is the first year of the true rebuild for this franchise but it oddly enough almost seems like there was a buzz in the air regardless like yeah i i agree 100 percent. and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that that people like yourselves who understand the game of basketball and fans that were a little bit more educated looked at this as an opportunity to witness the birth and the growth of mm-hmm. some babes <laughs> in the game <laughs> that lambs. we're going to, you know, little lambs. Yeah, exactly. I love that reference. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you were going to get to see grow. And, and even in those nights where there were tough nights at home, where we were behind by 15, 17 points, you would still see flashes that would get the crowd excited about what these guys are capable to do when they're given yeah. the minutes and given the opportunity. And I talked to many fans as I walked out of those, uh, out of those games uh, each time that felt something special that night about what they had witnessed, even if it was a loss. And you got just enough wins at home in that time to be able to send you home happy and, and and still give you that understanding that we're building to a certain point. Oh yeah. I mean, um, Craig, uh, we, when we interviewed Craig Ackerman, uh, like, I don't know how many episodes ago, but he had compared these rockets to the growth. I mean, sorry, not the growth to the beginning of when the Astros became who they were. So we get to see homegrown talent become, I mean, it go from, like you stated, like babes to, you know, grown men, you know? So yeah. this is something that we all look forward to. And we understand, like, this is our own guys. It's not like we acquired the, all of these guys from free agency or trades. This is something that we can emotionally invest ourselves into as fans. There is definitely emotional investment. There's definitely <laughs> emotional investment. And that's a good thing because listen, it will fill that arena. Just like it feels uh, Minute made, it'll fill that arena. When you have that emotional connection with players that aren't just guys that are free agents signed out of somewhere else and brought in, when it's your guys and you've watched them grow up before your own eyes, it really holds your attention. Absolutely. And I always tell people not to look at the record. It was a 20 and 62. And I'm like, only a 21 season. I talk to different people, co-workers that are like, oh, why are you covering the Rockets? They're not a good team. And, I'm, and I always tell them, like, it's it's not about that. Don't look at the record. Absolutely and, 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 and explaining it in layman's terms, people that aren't really fans, it's it's difficult to kind of cover. So, but as a whole, typically when people ask me what I think this season was a success or failed, no, it was 100% a success. Absolutely. You got Absolutely. to see the development of the team. And I know all of you can agree to that and can attest to that as well. Um, I want to ask another question too, Jonathan, you know, like, you know, what my brother said, you had the best seat in the house. Is there any interesting stories like stuff that uh, anything that happened in house that you saw or anything interesting that you got to experience kind of just live being at, you know, all 41 of the home games and just being that voice for uh, Toyota Center and for the Rockets? I think this might not be the answer that you're looking for, but I will tell you that the biggest thing that stood out to me was just the difference. I, I'm just so grateful for the creative freedom that I was given this season by the Rockets organization to come in. I did not want to do the exact same thing I had done in San Antonio. I wanted to come in and recreate myself and recreate what we do and to get to work with the, the creative staff inside the Rockets organization. And uh, that's what stood out to me the most from my seat is that this was 
for me, a new birth. This was, I, as if you read the article that came out in the Houston Chronicle that Daniel Lerner put out, it was like a second chance in life for me, guys. So I wanted to, to do everything I could to make it new and fresh. Did I pull a couple of things from the past out uh, to, to help? Yeah. But a lot of the things like when, when players go to the line, you know, in San Antonio, uh, whenever players would go to the line, I'd say, uh, monogenally at the line, two shots. And then the crowd, 18,000 people or whatever, would holler two shots. Well, everybody thought, well, he's just going to bring that to Houston. No, I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, to try something new. So when players go to the line in the Toyota Center, I say, um, uh, let's see, how do I, let me get my phrasing right here. Um, Jalen Green at the line, shooting two. You know, you heard me say Absolutely. And it, was, it was cool. It was cool that, mm-hmm. like, about four weeks into the season, uh, we heard people in the stands starting to – you could hear the two. Uh, and so that was that was special to me. That, that, that got my attention really quick. That, mm-hmm. But I will say this, okay, we – the folks inside the Toyota Center this year, it didn't matter what the score was. There were very few times all season that it just get too quiet. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, no matter what the score was, when I cued that microphone to get the crowd behind us or our in-arena uh, host, Kiati, uh, whenever we did things like that, you guys responded. And listen, you have no idea how much that meant to me to hear the crowd, no matter what the score was, that they would still get involved and still have a good time. And our, our main objective was, was to send people home happy, no matter what the situation was. And I felt like many times we accomplished that. You absolutely did. It was, it, I, I can't explain like the, the, the season, like even when I try, like, yeah, we experienced a whole, like you said, like a ton of losses. But at the end of the day, it's the experience of being in that arena. It's, I don't know, it, it was second to none. I enjoyed it. Even we experienced wins and we experienced losses. And I I enjoyed the experience regardless. And just hearing you call the game live was you know, it was was just a, a whole nother blessing in and of itself, especially when you would call uh, the Jalen Green dunk. I know you put a little bit more oomph into your call with Jalen Green, but yeah. when he would throw down a little mamma jamma, you know, it was just great to see. see you you got to understand, though, that's something I never got to see in San Antonio. Oh, mm. oh, 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 just think about yeah, it. Tim, Tim Duncan true. wasn't slamming it down like Jalen Green. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> a couple of <laughs> There is a Manu Ginobili dunk in the 2017 playoff series against Houston where – and this is Manu Ginobili. This guy's my age, okay? In 2017 in that series, he drove the lane and dunked it. And I can't remember who he dunked it on. But uh, the commentator goes, how can this guy at this stage get so high and slam so hard? And I'm like, he'll be paying for that tomorrow, I guarantee you, because he's going to be so <laughs> Uh, there was a lot of slam dunks going on in Houston at that point in time. So Clyde Leonard could mm-hmm. slam it every now and then, but he wasn't flashy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wow. So getting to see a few of those, and he wasn't the only one. Jalen nope. Green wasn't the only one this season that just raised some eyebrows with some of the fantastic athleticism that we saw. So that was that was pretty cool. I got to be honest. Next question: What was the what was the funnest? 
I guess game of the season that you were able to call? I think I may know the answer to that, but what was the what was the best game like for you this season to call? All right, a lot of people told me it was going to be the Brooklyn win. Okay, Ooh, a lot of seventh, people the seventh game, right? Yeah, a lot of people said, "Oh, that's got to be your favorite." But uh, you talked about it earlier. It was the win over the Lakers. I have a lot oh, of history. Yeah. I have a mm-hmm. lot of history with LeBron James. People may not realize it, but uh, as an announcer. I've got a very nice winning record over LeBron James. And so (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't mean squat, but hey, you know how it is. Um, I've actually, you know, in 2014 in that NBA Finals uh, game one, the uh, air conditioner went out. I don't know if y'all remember that or not. Yes. The the, the infamous cramp game from LeBron. Yeah. (laughs) And so they had to carry him right in front of my, you know, spot there at center court as he's cramped up and, uh, that's a memory I'll never forget in my entire lifetime. Um, but no, it was the win against the Lakers. Um, the overtime, the energy in that arena, because here's the thing. You guys know, if you were there, how many yellow shirts there were in that building. Dude, it was I'm a full sure. pack, pack, right? it was a packed house. With, it was a remember, sellout. It was, it, was a, it was a sellout. In fact, it was the first sellout of the season. Yes, absolutely. All right. There were a lot of yellow shirts in that arena. But what you guys did, it wasn't me. What you guys did was you overpowered them. And by the fourth quarter and overtime, you couldn't hear the yellow shirts. All you could hear was those red rockets and the fans making all the the racket inside Toyota Center. So (laughs) for me personally, that's why that game means the most because mm-hmm. the previous game we had against the Lakers, you remember how that one went. And, and of course the, the Lakers fans had their fanfare after that game. But after this one, they went out pretty quiet, which was um, it always feels good whenever you send a team whose opposing fans try to enter your arena, when you send them home quietly, that's one of the best feelings that you have as an announcer, or, or I'm sure as a fan, that has to feel pretty good too. It, it, it was absolutely. It, it really was, <laughs> and, and I I, I want to harken back to just three quick things that I just remembered from that game specifically. The the first was, and J- Justin, you remember too. So as I think it was like later in the overtime, maybe like two minutes left, we were already the game was pretty much sealed at that point. You know, big shots were already hit by on our side, and I remember Jalen Green did something and. Some guys to a, a guy and a girl to our left. He was they were wearing he was wearing a Lakers jersey. You remember this, right? He was wearing a, he was wearing a Kobe jersey. He was wearing a Kobe yeah, jersey. And then and then Jalen Green, I think he hits like a, a mid-range jumper. And and this guy gets up and cheers so loud. Like, and I'm just like, wow. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Wait a minute. Wait, wait, whoa. Yeah, we were legitimately confused. We were like him. Huh. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna somehow, hate him. somehow you Somehow you guys converted him. I don't know how you did that. I, I don't. And yeah, yeah. Baptism through fire, I suppose. I was just kind of like, okay, yeah. there you go. All right. And then uh, <laughs> moment number two was when we were fighting. It was like during the last minute of the game because we just heard the Lakers fans. They were just so loud throughout the game. And when we just finally took that lead for good, I got up on my seat. And I uh, remember there were a couple of uh, drinks of flowing at that point within me, but I was literally just like, "All right, bye, guys." <laughs> I've had oh, fun. We'll we see. Were, we'll see you later, we'll see guys. You next time we'll see you because they were just like 
talking so much like I, we could hear people behind us like because i get up i cheer like i'm i'm probably one yeah. of the more animated fans so i'll get up i'll mm-hmm. be like yeah let's go like anything big so anytime they do like people behind me oh yeah let's go and i feel like they were messing with me so at that moment i was like okay i gotta i gotta get him back i just gotta get him back all right yep. <laughs> and That's then the, great yeah that, that one uh, that one was special and in that game was. in the second half I pulled back out the old uh, three call that I had used in San Antonio. It's something I'd used before San Antonio, but uh, where I take and I start out lower and I just slur it all the way up. And so you get that sound inside the arena. And um, yeah, that was fun for me. I I got really emotionally invested in that one uh, toward the end of that ball game. Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely an experience. I, I can't, I, I can't really it, it's got to be one of my favorite games like of all time. And I, we've been mm-hmm. to playoff games. We've been to playoff. Wow, games. that's big to say. That's yeah, pretty yeah. Big to say. but the fact that it was if you just look at the story of it, it's like this is LeBron. This is the guy. This is the he's carried. He's been the face of the NBA for the last, you know, how many years now? And yeah, you got the newcomers. You got Jalen Green. You had LP. You had Josh Christopher, KJ Martin and uh, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. And they just kind of took it just took it from mm-hmm. them because they had the lead. Well, no, no, like we had the lead and then they took the lead back and then we were able to kind of jostle it back and forth and we were able to take it away from them. And it was just great. And they needed it. They, I remember they mm-hmm. needed that win because yeah, they were they did, the, because they the were right there with the battle with San Antonio uh, for that uh, final play in spot at the time. And uh, of mm-hmm. course, we we helped out San Antonio a little bit there that <laughs> night. Hey, there you go. A little, little shout That's out, true. a little shout out to the uh, a little shout out to the, the past team. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I mean, full disclosure, like with me and Kenny in the building, whenever we watch the Lakers, the Rockets have not lost. I think we're like three or four and oh with they, the yeah, Lakers well, in the building. To, this is this is dating or, back from like Kevin Martin, Goran Dragic. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kobe, where Kobe was yeah. Still there. Yeah. 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 We saw Kobe at least like three awesome. times, I think. Three times. We were, at yeah, least. we were very lucky. So, I, I was so grateful that to have had the opportunity to call games with Kobe Bryant. I just always respected his game so much. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Uh, what was his last year? Was it 15, 16? Is that right? Yes. I think it was 16. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, just that amount of time that, that I was with the Spurs, you know, getting to uh, uh, announce him whenever L.A. would come into town was always nice. Yeah, I can only imagine how how lucky it was, especially knowing how everything ended up happening and just get, getting to do that. I'm sure that that was just an incredible experience for you. Uh, la- last question, Jonathan. Um, Any what was your I guess, uh, you know, we asked your favorite game, but you have like a favorite memory uh, this this season uh, as a as the Rockets PA announcer. The uh, very first opening night intros for me uh, will be a favorite for me just because of the fact that um, when I got done, I just kind of looked down like, wow, you know, this is really happening. You know, preseason was kind of a blur because, you know, I was hired and boom, right in the chair. Um, But planning for that opening night game uh, and getting that win over Oklahoma City, right? Uh, Am I correct on that? Yes. City. Yeah, yeah, it yes. was the open. Yes. yes, it was against was OKC. It. it was a blowout. Mm-hmm. We were watching the Astros yeah. playoffs, but we were bouncing back and forth between the games. Yeah, <laughs> it just um, that night just really solidified I was in the right place. That I I really felt like when I walked out that night, I felt like I was at home, which you know I was very appreciative of because 
you know, this, you, you got to understand for me, this is, this is my life's passion. I, I, I love this so much. And to be able to do it here in Houston with such a great city and such a great group of fans and now such a great group of guys, you know, I haven't even mentioned KJ Martin and I'm sorry, I should have already mentioned that guy, but he is, I, I don't ever have favorites. Okay. I try to never pick a player and go, Hey, that's my favorite because I want to be able to announce everybody the same. I don't want people going, well, he really likes that guy because it's now he announces him, but for this guy, he doesn't know. I don't, I don't ever have a favorite, but listen, I, I just love the attitude. I love the attitude of, of KJ Martin and that kind of attitude is infectious. And so I got to throw out a shout out to KJ Martin tonight. We, we've given him so much love throughout this podcast. So mm-hmm. I, I hope he I hope he gets to hear this because we always we give him all the flowers any chance we get because <laughs> just what he provides. Good. 50 seconds. He, he does it. He no, we agree. I agreed. Absolutely. What a, what a legacy. Second generation guy. There's a lot of things that come along with being a second generation guy that some players just aren't able to overcome. But he has impressed me in so many ways. Uh, mm-hmm. When we the last game of the year, uh, as he was walking out to warm up, I just stopped him and I said, and I don't usually ever stop the players at all, but I, I stopped him and I said, KJ, thank you. Because wow. that that type of effort means something to me. Because whenever you're a young team like this, it's those small things that make the difference. And and certainly I, I just appreciated him all season long. I appreciated all the guys, trust me. I, I The uh, second half of the season, KPJ, uh, I enjoyed watching – the way he performed the second half for the season, uh, the Christian Wood I can't miss from a million miles away game. Oh, the, I, the Wizards. Wizards game that we were at that we game. Were there too. <laughs> there were so many moments in that game where I was like, "Don't do it! Don't do it!" Okay, <laughs> I mean, I love it. <laughs> so the guys around me, you know, the guy to my left, he works for the NBA and. I'd be like, no, 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 no. And then I'd have to say, let's do the call because it was like, I didn't expect it to go in to save his life. And boy, he was, could not miss, right? And, and so there were moments like that, too, that I, I'll never forget. The, the man took Steph Curry threes that night. And, and, <laughs> he and, sure and, did. In a, in a, in a six, six, 10 body. That's why we were all shocked. And, and, I, and, I, and before we had, yeah, we, we were at the game. And then, I mean, me, me in the gym, we couldn't help but laugh. Like, we were just laughing. Like, we were like, no way. Like, this is not going to fall. And then it almost felt like schoolyard ball at, for that moment. Like, he was just like, oh, don't do mm-hmm. it to him, Christian. Oh, my gosh. He made it. But you know what tied, what tied the bow on this season for me? was Jalen Green's performance in that last game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that was a masterpiece. masterpiece. Yeah. And I've heard y'all talk about that, that the word masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, I'm not going to go away without saying the vibes were immaculate after that game. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our boy Zeke, you know? <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> you're always in those spaces, man. So I always, you know, and you know that, what, I, I, you know, that's something I'm really appreciative of is being able to do that. I don't usually talk, but to be in there and listen to the passion that you guys have, even if not everybody's in agreement all the time, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you, you and I, all, all three of us, we know 
uh, people aren't always going to agree with each other when it comes to sports and sports opinions and mm-hmm. analysis and all that. But what I enjoyed most uh, about that was that last game of the season, a group of the guys, you know, with Paolo came down and I got to put a face with the, with a name and doing that right here with you guys right now. Um, that's when it hits home to me that, man, you know, the, God put me in the right place uh, for a reason. And uh, so that's that tied a bow on it, that whole last game, Jalen performance, and then the guys coming down, getting able to see some of you guys. Yeah, it was definitely a pleasure getting to getting. Yeah, for us, too. And we always, you know, like we always have the spaces. We hosted a Rockets watch party like two days prior, and we just so much of rockets twitter was there we were shocked we and then the the funny thing is is like so I, i'm i'm like 58 and then we were the first thing i told justin i was like dude these guys are so tall like they're all like 6 feet yeah is like 6162 like, yeah like, all right i got to i got to ask your opinion on, on Paolo. okay huh. what was your opinion how, what did he what did he act like that night was he in awe of you guys what what how did he act that night i don't know man he was he 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 was a trooper he was a little overwhelmed by the moment but you know he was tired he had just traveled and arrived like a few hours prior like probably four hours before yeah Yeah. so he he arrived and and you should have you should have seen his face when i walked him out on that basketball court after the game like i can only imagine (laughs) but he wasn't the only one there were several of those guys that said uh, i think Mm -hmm. it was don said i've never i've been a fan you know uh how many years after how many years he said that never touched this court and like i guess i take it for i shouldn't ever take it for granted and i don't guess i do but in some way that night i was like thinking i can't remember how many times i've walked across an nba court over the last several years and mm-hmm. never thought of the fact that you know to to don and to Paolo and will and some of those guys to get to do that was a pretty special deal to them and that humbled me it really did absolutely absolutely just kind of getting to experience that especially because i guess you know for everybody especially the people that work there and, and play and obviously for the nba players for them it's 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 a gym you know it's a gym it's the yeah. hardwood floor it's it, you just kind of get used to it. It, it you become i don't know if is desensitized would be the right word because you're just you're just you're there all the time so i get that but yeah for us as like fans like it's it's the hardwood it's it's like the mecca for us this is where all the good stuff happens like we're we're very just very thankful that we you know we weren't able to go down with them that that day but we're just so happy that he was able to because that was the goal just get Paolo down there and he was able to enjoy himself and we were just thankful to do that and Jonathan let's go ahead and wrap this up we appreciate you so much just for you know taking time out of your day uh, to come on our podcast um, I don't know how many podcasts you've got on, but we just appreciate, you know, getting your story. Out I think here. this is the, I think this is the first one I've done for the, for rockets. Um, since I've been a part of the rockets, if, uh, I don't think I've done oh, another man. one. So I think I'll, you guys, I'll are, take credits for the day. We, we are so happy to have you. Thank you so much for giving us your time. We, we truly Not appreciate it. We really, you know, I, I listen, I can't thank you guys enough for spending you know, a little bit of your time with me and allow me to spend uh, and share a little bit of my life with you guys and the experience that I had here uh, this past season. And Lord willing, man, I, I cannot wait until the, the next season gets underway uh, to be able to walk back into the Toyota Center again. Uh, mm. I hope I live long enough to do that uh, and get an opportunity to get back behind that mic once again, because 
this season just continued to fuel the hunger that I have for for what I do. Jonathan, you don't have to you don't have to say it if if you don't want to, but uh, when you're behind that mic next season, I mean, are we calling out? Paulo Banquero, are we calling out Jabari Smith? <laughs> All right. All right. I think you've been in a space, or maybe one of you have heard me say in the space, I have gone back and forth between all three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is me. That is me. And listen, I, one day I was uh, Banquero, the other day I was Smith, you know. Uh, oh, man, I've just gone back and forth between all three. I know there's Chet folks. I know there's Bancaro folks. I know there's Jabari folks. I'm going to be happy with whomever it is. Mm-hmm. But there's just a part of me that just leans a little bit towards Jabari. Uh, don't hate <laughs> me if you're not a Jabari guy. No, that's Kenny. He's him and him and our good friend Jackson. They're the I, leaders I be, of the Jabari yeah, jungle. We were connected, we were connected for. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I can't put my finger on it. Why I keep coming. And I've gone between him and Banquero more than any. And I'm not, I'm not letting, look, letting Chet, you know, be a long third here. I'm not doing that at all. I think he would fit great wherever he ends up. But for me, uh, I just continue to kind of lean towards Jabari just because of the athleticism and seeing what he did mm-hmm. at Auburn. And if you can do that at Auburn, <laughs> If you can take Auburn and, and give them the competitive edge that they had for most of last season, and um, I think he ought to be able to transition well into the to the NBA way of life. So we'll see. If there's not a better way to end the podcast with Jonathan saying that he's slightly leaning Jabari, I don't know if there's a perf- more perfect way to end. <laughs> I probably like the, the problem with that is uh, thirty-three and a third people are, are not happy, right? <laughs> oh man, come on, this is can't, come on, can't please everybody. Can't you please cannot. Everybody, you know? But I, you know, I'm right there with you. Even though I do lean Jabari, I will not like be like, oh god, we got Palo. No, I, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. The lowest we go. can go, the lowest we can go is five. I'm happy with the all five. So really, whatever we get, it's going mm-hmm. to be great to add as an addition to this team. And and the cool thing about Rockets fans that I've really learned to appreciate this year is no matter who it's going to be, once they're in that red, that Rocket mm-hmm. red, they're going to be loved by the fans. And um, I, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we appreciate you for coming on. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Uh, is there anything, any shout outs you want to say at the end? I want to roll the red carpet out for you. Anything you want to say? Man, I, you guys, you've summed it up great. Just thank you. And, uh, and as always, let's go Rockets. Perfect. What a way to end it. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you. He's on fire. The Summit. Four, 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 four.